This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Jane Brown for Libby Snymer, who's on assignment and returns next week. Great to be with you as always. Toronto City Council chambers will look a whole lot different this afternoon at 2 o'clock when the smaller 25 ward council sits down to begin their first session. 22 council members, including Mayor John Tory, are returning for another term, with four new members joining council after they were elected in October. On the phone with us to talk about the challenges facing this new council, Paula Fletcher, Shelley Carroll, and Brad Bradford, all members of the first 25 ward council. Welcome all. Good afternoon. Hi there. Brad, you are the rookie in our group today, but you certainly are not new to City Hall. How did it feel settling into your new office over the last day? It's definitely been a change uh, moving from the uh, sort of staff side onto the political side, but it feels good. We we campaigned hard for the past six months, and it all kind of culminates this week. So from our perspective, we're excited to, uh, to get to work and uh, start uh, working with the community and my council colleagues to move the city forward. Shelley, you took a leave this past April to run for the Liberals in the provincial election and then won re-election in the municipal election in October. What is the feeling as you return to City Hall? Well, it, it certainly gives you perspective to be uh, looking at City Hall from, from the outside, looking in for, for several months. And so, uh, you know, I come back to, uh, to City Hall really having spent a long time with the, the residents of Don Valley North and uh, really feeling focused on, on the things that they had to say, because I've been knocking on their doors for well over a year. And so, while this is my fifth term in office, I feel as if I'm coming back really with, with the uh, the constituency as my boss once and for all. <laughs> and Paula, you are a city council stalwart, having been the representative for Toronto Danforth since 2003, including when I was one of your constituents. Uh, how has your commitment and passion changed over the years? Well, pretty committed and pretty passionate, Jane. Um, now the ward is so much larger, and both Brad and I have East York, the old legacy city of East York. And it's very different because we represent Toronto, which has its own traditions and values, and East York, which really does have its own character and nature. So I think that's going to be exciting and getting to know everyone, getting to know all of the new four councillors and seeing what the new 25, how we're going to all work together. And I hope it all goes well. I just want to take a moment to address our Zoomer radio listeners. So we have Paula Fletcher, Councillors Paula Fletcher, Shelley Carroll and Brad Bradford on here with us on Fight Back on Zoomer radio until 1230. So if you would like to express your concerns and priorities for the councillors, you have their undivided attention. Give us a call at 416 360 
1-866-740-4740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. What should the priority issues be for council this time around? Let me put that question to the three of you, Brad. I think definitely city writ large, we're talking about transit and we're talking about housing. Um, Toronto's experienced a lot of success over the past few decades, but that hasn't been felt equally. Uh, And you definitely really see the ramifications of that on the transit file and the housing file. So we have to be making sure that we're addressing that affordability. And, you know, we have opportunities to bring transit to parts of the city that haven't had transit before. So I think those are the the things that we need to focus on uh, as a city. Certainly ward by ward, it's different issues in Beaches East York. We talked a lot about road safety. We talked a lot about revitalizing our local businesses and our main streets. So that's some of the ward work we're doing. But across the city, I think it's transit and housing. Shelley? Shelley Carroll? Well, we've been dealing with the the growth that comes along with transit in the Don Valley North area uh, really since uh, the beginning of this uh, uh, millennium. Uh, And so dealing with that growth is is a big part of the day-to-day that we we deal with with our residents. But I'm also heartened uh, by the fact that for the first time in in my career, and I think probably Councillor Fletcher would would, uh, say the same, um, there is no population group that doesn't understand that, that affordability in housing is is an issue, mm-hmm. whether it's yourself, but it could be your child, it could be your grandchild, and you can't imagine them ever having a home. And so as I start to look at future growth that, that's still coming along the Shepherd Subway Corridor, I can talk to uh, really anyone in the ward, and they understand that we have to demand that nothing gets built because of transit that doesn't also include affordability so that we can put those next generations right close to the transit we're investing in. It's really going to be a constructive conversation with residents going forward. Unfortunately, we've hit the crisis point, but perhaps the silver lining is that everyone's ready to roll up their sleeves on that now. Paula, what what can be done about that realistically from a city council point of view, the affordability of the skyrocketing housing prices? Well, what's really interesting is just before coming on air with you, Jane, I was at a little rally that ACORN was holding at City Hall to initiate the housing agenda for the city and asking in particular that how we define affordable rent is not uh, the kind of high rent that is the low, it's called low end of market, but it's pretty high. And that we try to bring income issues and more income related rents for people that need homes and that we look at inclusionary zoning. And that's something that we've been pushing for for a long time. And the last provincial government did take some steps on inclusionary zoning. And that basically means that all the towers that you see being built, and believe me, Toronto sees a lot of towers being built, that they can't just be towers worth a million dollars each unit, that every development has to have an affordable component. And we've not been able to do that in the city. When people look at Bay and Street, Young and Bloor, and you see 92 stories, but not one affordable unit, you have to say, uh, something's gone wrong here, and we need a very quick correction. If we look forward four years down the road, when the next city council comes in, in terms of actual concrete things that you would like to see change for the better, can we talk about that, Brad? 
Where was so? For instance, I you're you're a huge proponent of the relief line, and we know that uh, Toronto Mayor John Tory has endorsed you personally. Where will we be at with that process in four years from now? Well, I think a lot of that uh, that depends on partnerships we're able to uh, to work with at uh, federal and provincial level. Uh, in my view, that that is something that's really important to the city of Toronto. In fact, uh, the region, GTHA, uh, in its entirety. Uh, we want to make sure that from a city perspective, wherever there's opportunities to speed up that process, we're doing that. Uh, and having a coordinated approach to transit, it is about building out the network. It's it's never a conversation about one line because people don't just move in, in one direction. The reality is they move all day, all directions, and, and it's across the city. So taking a network approach to transit is something that we need to continue to do, and we are making decisions on that, and we will continue to be making decisions on that over the next term. So, uh, you know, that should definitely be advanced. And Shelley and Paula, you've both been there the last four years. You've been watching uh, Mayor John Tory's smart track vision slowly play out. How has uh, that gone from 2014 to 2018, Shelley? Well, it's really changed uh, what the future of transit might look like in in my area, for instance, because uh, uh, the end of the Shepherd Subway is in my ward, uh, Don Mill Station. And so what happens beyond Don Mill Station really is affected by SmartTrack now. If we're going to have uh, one of those stations at uh, Shepherd and Kennedy, it changes what we were talking about in 1986 going along Shepherd. It changes what we were talking about in 2011 going along Long Shepherd, and and uh, that line was postponed, not cancelled, but postponed. So we expect a big conversation to be happening in our ward in uh, in the coming uh, uh, term of office. And early in the term of office, I'm hoping to set up a transit round pa- table that that really helps all the residents in Don Valley North get ready for that conversation. We've got to get transit riders together with car drivers and different kinds of commuters and businesses and associations in a room, and really we're all going to share background knowledge and call upon uh, uh, professional planners and transit designers to give us the tools we need to be able to look at the options that may be presented to, to finish the line that runs from Don Mills in the heart of Don Valley North and connects it to uh, to what will be the future relief line, connects it to Smart Track. It's a big conversation to be had. Paula Fletcher, I'm sure you want to weigh in on this, and uh, constituents in your area along Toronto Danforth will certainly be thrilled when the relief line goes in from Pape down to the Young Line. Yes, absolutely. I, I feel a little bit like ground zero in Toronto Danforth because we have three relief line stations, and the relief line runs from from the Danforth all the way along Queen, and then Smart Track stations, you know, at Unilever and at, at Gerard and Carla. So there's a tremendous amount of transit. We have to get it right. Shelley's right. For any new transit nodes, we have to ensure affordable housing is there. But I am, uh, for Smart Track, it depends on the provincial government. That really is part of the regional express rail, and I haven't heard anything yet from uh, the Ford government about if they're going to carry out the program to electrify all of the lines, which was part of Smart Track. The other thing, Jane, I worry about a lot, and I think Torontonians will when they 
see what's happening is this takeover of the TTC by the provincial government, or potential takeover. They're very interested in taking over the subway lines. And anywhere that that's happened, it really has led to chaos. When we look at London, it's been privatized. It's a bit of a mess. So the TTC has been our stalwart. We have to be very careful with it. And the other thing I want to point out is all the lines we're talking about. We have the Edmund Cross Channel, that's east-west. Now we're looking at Shepherd east-west. There have to be north-south lines, more of them, because you cannot put all those passengers onto the young line coming from the east. So the relief line is something I've been working on very hard. It's ready. It's shovel-ready, practically, and we're going to know the cost and when we can start. It's really up to be funded now. Paula, just to follow up on that, help us understand why it makes more sense for the Toronto government to run uh, the TTC rather than the province. Well, the TTC is an integrated an integrated service. And once you start picking off different parts, so you say, well, the province will own that, but you're going to run that, um, it becomes harder to have great service and do service planning. And Brad's talking about the network planning, which is really important. You can be at the table with many different people doing network planning. But can you imagine somebody's owning the subway, somebody else owns the streetcar, somebody else owns right. the buses? Um, that just creates a mess. So the TTC was established proudly in the city. It's well run. It's been underfunded, as we know, because the senior governments or the other levels of government don't fund the TTC. It's being funded at the fare box, unlike all other major transit systems in North America. Brad, can you weigh in on that as well? You're an well, urban planning expert, so this is your forte. Yeah, no, I would totally uh, agree with Councillor Fletcher. Uh, from an operations standpoint, uh, it's very different, and, and Baltimore is actually a good example of that, um, where they did uh, kind of transit there from a from a state approach and uh, with with the Maryland government, and it and it proved challenging. And there is a need for local autonomy, uh, certainly when it comes to route planning. And that, you know, as Paul was saying, that integration between modes of transit and going from subway to streetcar to LRT, uh, buses, you know, active transportation, you need to have a, a local approach to that. And, and to me, I would have some questions about, does that make sense for the provincial government to, uh, you know, be, be doing that here in Toronto? Are they best positioned to do that? Um, you know, we, that's something we, that we have to look at. I would think that would be very challenging at the provincial level. You're listening to Zoomer Radio's Fight Back, Jane for Libby, and on the line with us, councillors Paula Fletcher, Shelley Carroll, and Brad Bradford. Do you like what you're hearing? Do you like the way these councillors are articulating uh, the goals and issues that are most important to city residents? Are they missing something here? Do you want to weigh in, ask a question, offer your concerns? Because this is an opportunity where you have directly to be able to relay your concerns and your priorities to the councillor, not their staff, directly to them. So give us a call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Shelley Carroll, you've been the budget manager in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a brand new uh, style of government happening at City Hall starting at 2 o'clock this afternoon. How do you see this new council transitioning from 44 wards to 25? 
Well, the budget is one of the places where having a, a much smaller council is going to uh, really prove a challenge. It's going to be one of the places where, where you'll see the overload play out. Uh, we have had in the past uh, seven members of budget committee, but they had to, to have other responsibilities as well, and then they had to, to break off into teams of two and review everything. The, the level at which they were reviewing things, very detail-oriented. Once we have giant committees now and fewer councillors to spread across the super committees like police board and TTC, et cetera, it's going to be a real challenge to have that focus on budget, but we will need it. The city is facing some real uh, challenges. Uh, the forecast in the economy is looking at... Uh, um, you know, a slight uptick in, in inflation. We're also looking at this year not quite as much revenue as we've had in the past from land transfer tax. Housing prices haven't dropped, but just in pure numbers of transactions, it's slightly down. And so we face a challenge from the minute we start looking at uh, the city's finances this year. Um, I, I'm, I'm counting on the mayor to again pick a range of fresh eyes and veteran eyes and, uh, and a range of interest and, so that we can really look under, under every little rock in, in, uh, in this pond uh, for, for places where we'll find efficiencies. But we also know that, that all of us going out into the hustings and uh, committing to and promising to address the great need in transit to address the great need in terms of housing affordability means that where we find efficiencies, we need to turn around and invest that right away. And that means being brave enough to have that conversation with your residents. We're, we may not make your bills go down, but we need to spend for impact. And that means a lot of engagement with you to make sure that we're making the greatest impact on your lives. And that's going to be hard to do when there are only 25 of us to go out there and spread the message. So we'll really have to uh, achieve consensus as early as possible and be ready to go out and have those difficult conversations with residents. What is the city you want and how much are you willing to pay for it? All right. Speaking of the residents, let's go to the phones. Joan in North York. Hi, you're on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. You have a question? Yes, I'm at Don Mills and Shepherd. And oh, okay. ah, I want to Valley North. <laughs> northern part of Toronto. Like, for instance, where my son is at Shepherd and Nielsen, if I take subway or bus, it takes me about two hours. Now, when... Um, Rob Ford was in, he was encouraging um, transportation subways right across from Etobicoke to the end of Scarborough. Now, you always encourage, Shelley Carroll, you always encourage the downtown transit. Why are you not, if you're supposed to be representing North York, why have you not encouraged that? Well, I guess uh, I guess there's a there's a bit of uh, uh, broken telephone messaging. I've been a big supporter for a very long time, dating back to 2007, of a Shepherd LRT that would have come all the way to to where you're trying to get in Shepherd Nielsen. It would in fact be completed now had it not been cancelled in 2011. Um, if we should proceed with the subway, I, I have to warn you, there's no way it's going to go all the way to Nielsen, and so. We're, we're, uh, we're looking at, at different approaches. How do we cover the vast distances that are Scarborough? There are lots of great wide avenues in which we can do that, uh, whether it's above ground or underground. But 
Now that we have uh, council having voted on the Shepherd Subway, voted on certain smart track stations, the challenge for us all is to have that conversation about what are the next pieces of a Scarborough network that work with what's already been approved. Back in the day, uh, uh, Mayor Ford, uh, Rob Ford, was facing an area with really nothing there and an RT that needs to be replaced. A lot of work has actually gone on in engineering and planning, so part of the Scarborough network is made. That's why in, in Don Valley North, we're setting up a roundtable discussion because we know they're coming to us to talk about starting in Don Mills, picking up the new gateway at Victoria Park. How do we finish getting out into that uh, Scarborough real estate across the north part? I hope I can count on you to take part when we, when we open that discussion because we want to be uh, expert residents, ready for Metrolinx and ready for TTC when they come to talk to us. That's going to happen in our neighborhood somewhere in the next year, two at most. Okay, Joan? Yeah, the other thing, I guess, a question as well, with all the, um, there's putting a lot of building in at Don Mills and Shepherd, mm-hmm. um, they're doubling the actual population. Is that being passed by council at this point? Well, the buildings that you see in the construction that's underway are all things that were were passed quite a long time ago. In 2007, the, there was a plan for the Scarborough Transit Network, and so lots of development was approved all along Shepherd. That's why it's urgent that we start having a conversation about how we complete the, the journey across Shepherd, because the population there is growing based on approvals given a long time ago. There are a few uh, uh, other applications further west in Don Valley North, as far back as Bayview, the Bayview Village Mall proposal. Uh, we think that we need to finish that network in order for it to be livable for, for that increased population. Even the buildings that you're looking at now at Don Mills and Shepherd, they were, they were approved not just on the fact that there is already a Shepherd subway from Don Mills Station back to Young, but they were approved on the basis that if you worked further east of there, or if you were traveling east of there, as you do when you get to your son, that there would be a journey that would get you there quickly as well. And so in in our neighborhood, north of the city, uh, from Shepherd and really on up to Steeles, getting the network out there to the, to the extent of our inner suburbs really is urgent business. When we say downtown relief line, though, don't be fooled. The word downtown refers to the name of the project. But that line being further east of Young Street means that the residents where we live don't always have to go straight to Young Street and crowd onto a very crowded line. Right. Yeah. Okay. I, and I understand you all have to go. You have to get ready for your 2 p.m. meeting. Uh, Paula Fletcher, any final thoughts you want to leave us with? Uh, I know your strengths lie in many areas. You've served uh, on, on all kinds of committees. Um, just um, in terms of what you hope to see overall over the next four years. Well, I hope to see a really uh, smart council that's working together for the city. I hope people like Joan... Uh, are part of that conversation, and I hope that we are able to have transit and housing match up and that we can have affordability uh, on the front burner for housing because I don't want to see anybody living on a couch 
or many families living together in a one-bedroom apartment. Uh, we've got some real heavy lifting to do in, at the city, and I'm up for that, and I look forward to working with my two colleagues and everyone else on City Council. Paula Fletcher, thanks again for your time. Thank you. And Brad, your final thoughts uh, heading towards your 2 p.m. meeting? Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. I'm grateful for uh, the opportunity and uh, and humbled for that. And, you know, people send us down to City Hall to get things done. And that was the message I heard uh, at the door. Uh, the process of getting to 25 councillors was, was not great. Uh, but we are here. It's going to be challenging with the volume. But, you know, there's more roles for, for engagement with residents. There's more roles for uh, uh, citizens to be involved in a meaningful way. I think that that's a positive thing for democracy. And at the end of the day, we are here to to make decisions, both big and small. And at a local level, they make a very big difference in people's lives. So so that's why I'm here. Um, looking forward to working with all my colleagues to, to move the city forward and uh, looking forward to a productive term. And we're looking forward to seeing you have a successful uh, first go at being a Toronto City Councillor. All the best to you. Brilliant. Thanks very much. Shall, Thanks so uh, much. Uh, bye, Shelley. It was nice to talk with you as well. You bet. Okay. Shelley Carroll, Paula Fletcher, Brad Bradford, three of the 25 new city councillors, uh, most of them returning, four of them in total are having their very first session as Toronto politicians. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.